So I know it's Easter Sunday, I'm not confused, but I want to begin today by talking about Christmas. I'm going to talk about Christmas, Elena, what do you think about that? Uh, Elena said, it's not snowing outside. Yesterday when I was practicing, she said, what are you talking about Christmas, Daddy? Anyway, I'm going to talk about Christmas. At Christmas, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And there's all these famous stories and pictures, like baby Jesus in a manger, uh, surrounded by, by animals, and you know the wise men coming from the east with um, these weird gifts of uh, frankincense and myrrh and gold. Happy with the gold, not so interested in the other parts. <laughs> Elena just said, Jesus isn't a baby anymore, he's a boy. Yeah, thanks, Elena. <laughs> when Jesus was still a baby, though, when he was only 40 days old, or, um, you know, put that in other ways, like, you know, five and a half weeks, still a little baby, his parents took him to the temple in Jerusalem, uh, and there was a, a purification ritual, and they presented Jesus at the temple. This, this was part of their part of uh, a requirement of, of the law to present the firstborn son. It's a kind of a little bit like uh, dedicating, dedicating Jesus to the Lord. Um, so they're at the temple, this great temple in Jerusalem, and uh, an old man turns up. This old man, whose name was Simeon. Um, God had spoken to Simeon and had told him that before Simeon died, he would see the Messiah the great saviour that the Jewish people had been waiting for for generations. The saviour was going to be their deliverer. Uh, he would save them and he would usher in a new age. So when, when the baby Jesus was brought to the temple, uh, God revealed to Simeon um, something amazing. And, and Simeon realises that this baby is in fact the Messiah that, uh, that he'd, been, he'd been waiting for, this, the Christ the great saviour that all the Jewish people had been waiting for. Uh, the, the story is told in, in Luke chapter 2. Um, yeah, Luke chapter 2. I, I think you're starting a little bit before 28, aren't you? I'm yeah. starting at uh, verse 25. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly awaiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed him, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Yeah, Simeon had this uh, incredible revelation of, of who Jesus is, the significance of who Jesus is and what Jesus would do and the meaning of Jesus' life. And there, there's two things that I want, I want to highlight. Uh, the first is that he says that Jesus is going to be a light of revelation to the Gentiles. Um, Gentiles are, are non-Jewish people. Like, I'm, I'm a Gentile. I think you're a Gentile. 
maybe. Yeah. Um, I think Elena's a Gentile, uh, non-Jewish, right? Uh, so if you're non-Jewish today, you're a Gentile. Uh, and if you are uh, Jewish, then it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. It's wonderful. But another way of saying this thing, so he says that Jesus is going to be a light of revelation to the Gentiles. Another way of putting it is that Jesus is a light to reveal God to the nations. Jesus is a light to reveal God to the nations. And the second thing uh, is that he says Jesus is a sign from God uh, that will be opposed. Okay, so that was when Jesus was 40 day, you know, five and a half weeks old. And now we jump forward in time. Now Jesus is uh, 32 or 33 years old. Last Sunday, it was Palm Sunday, and we had palm, remember the palm trees that we had uh, behind us, if you were tuning in? You might remember me talking about how Jesus entered Jerusalem, uh, riding on this donkey, and, and people sang out this, the welcome song, welcome song to the king, as they welcomed him. They, they threw out their jackets and, and, their, uh, and branches of palm trees on the road for him, and it was a bit like rolling out the red carpet like you would for a VIP. These people believed that Jesus was the Savior King, the Messiah, the Christ, um, just like Simeon had, had seen. And the very first thing that the king does is, uh, is go to the temple. He goes to the temple. And that might be, it might be a bit surprising. Like, is going to the temple the first thing you expect a king to do? But it makes total sense. If you, if you think, or if you remember, that Jesus is from God, that God is his Father, uh, or as Je Jesus said, I and my Father are one. The first place that God would go would be to the temple. On Good Friday, I talked about the temple in Jerusalem and how it was thought of as God's dwelling place on earth, uh, a place where heaven meets earth a place where people could come and, and draw near and, and meet with God. The temple system was, was provided, um, the temple system was given to provide a way for people to have relationship with God. And so the first place that Jesus, the Son of God, God, goes is, is to the temple. Were you going to read this next passage for me as well? No, that's okay. In Matthew 21, uh, verses 12, it says, And Jesus entered the temple... And drove out all who sold and, and bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. He said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. What a story. It's so full on. Like, can you imagine actually being there? I, you know, it's one of those situations. It would have been intensely awkward. Like, just go, what is going on? Sometimes we have these pictures in mind of Jesus being like this really super chilled out kind of guy, um, cool as a cucumber, somehow like like floating above above it all, um, you know, a bit disconnected from reality. But here he's he's overturning tables. It sounds like he's actually like, like pushing people out of their chairs. He's it says he's um, you know, overturn the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. Like he's putting that, I imagine he's pushing them out of, his, out of their chairs. Um, he's, throwing, he's throwing the people out, the people that are selling stuff and doing business in the temple. Like that sounds actually really aggressive. God intended for the temple to be a place where people could come and meet with him. Uh, he intended it for, for it to be a house of prayer. A place that people could have conversations with God, to draw near to God, 
and worship him. And instead, they'd made it something else. It had actually become uh, a bit of a tourist attraction. People would travel from all over the place. They'd travel from afar to go see this, this temple, um, which had a, a 20 meter high holy of holies, right? It was, it was a bit of a spectacle. They'd travel to this place and the, and the priests would be, be like tour guides. Um, instead, of a, instead of a being a place that people could, could meet with God and draw near to God, the temple became a place of entertainment. It became a place uh, to make money, a place of commerce. And it was filled with all these obstacles and distractions that all got in the way of relationship with God and, and they dishonored God. Yeah, so Jesus turns up and, and he's the son, right? He's the son of God. Abba is his father. And he was so upset. He was so angry that, that the good intention of the temple, what it was actually meant to be about, was being subverted. And people's hearts were diverted from the goodness that was radiating from God his father. There's a song that we used to sing at church. Well, we used to sing it quite a lot. And, and it has this, has this uh, chorus that goes, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it when it's all about you. Right at the moment, it, it feels like everything is being stripped away. We can't meet together as a, as a church family we, in, a, in a church building. And we can't do things the way that we used to do. But I think that God is using this season for good. And I want to I be careful in saying that. I'm not, I'm not saying, no way, okay, I'm not saying that COVID-19 pandemic is, is good. It's evil. The COVID-19 pandemic is evil. People are suffering and dying because of it. It's, it's evil. And we ought to pray that, that God stops it in its tracks, that God reveals his mercy and stops the virus in its tracks. But at the same time, I believe that uh, God can, can bring good even out of evil. He can bring, he can bring and he, I think he is bringing good out of this season. So structures that we've leaned on, like being able to gather as a church family on Sunday mornings, like the structures that we've leaned on, being able to have a, have a worship band with a, with a full sound system, um, being able to have a, a kids program, being able to have espresso coffee after service. I'm missing espresso. I'm missing. Oh, Kirk, I wish you and your espresso machine were in our isolation bubble. Because, bro, <laughs> to be honest, I'm getting a wee bit tired of my AeroPress. I want espresso. Anyway, sorry, that was a sidetrack. All these things that we're that we that we're used to, all these structures that we that we've leaned on, they've all they've all gone. And instead we've got to come back to what it's all about. And it's all about Jesus, just like the words of that song. It's all about being friends of God. Oh God, I'm sorry for the thing that I've made it when it's all about you. Even when our life and circumstances just suck. Even when we, we can't go the places that we want to go. Like, you know, you get in trouble if you drive 20Ks to go to the beach, don't you? <laughs> Even when you can't do the things you want to. He longs, Jesus, God, he longs for us to turn towards him and run into his arms to have relationship with us. 
So when King Jesus, the Son of God, entered the temple, when he went to the temple and, and he cleansed it, it was also symbolic. It was a sign of what really mattered to God, relationship. And it was also a sign of what was to come. These tables that Jesus overturned and, and the seats that he pushed people out of, it all happened in the, in the outer court, the court of the Gentiles. A space intended for non-Jewish people, people from other nations, to be able to come and worship God, to draw near to God. And do you remember what old man Simeon said when he, when he, uh, when he saw the baby Jesus, the 40-day-old baby? He said, Jesus would be a light to reveal God to the nations. When Jesus went on a rampage in the, in the temple, it's like he was getting things ready for everybody to be able to come and meet God. For everybody to be able to come and be in the presence of God, the source of life, the source of all goodness, the, the one from whom love comes from. On Good Friday, Jesus was crucified and, and at that same moment that he breathed his last breath and yielded, yielded his spirit, the curtain in the temple uh, which, which you know, represented the separation uh, of people from God's presence, was torn in two. That old age of separation was over. The new age where people could be reconciled to God through Jesus had begun. Through Jesus, there's nothing between us and God. There's nothing, through Je there's nothing between us and God through Jesus. Man, just let that sink in. All these, all these thoughts that we have of things that separate us from God through Jesus, it's a lie. They don't exist. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. In Jesus' death, the temple and, and its systems were made redundant. They were meaningless. In his death, they were destroyed. Once, once when Jesus was actually in the temple, Jesus said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. So day one, which one should I use? I'll go off my finger. On day one, Jesus was crucified. His body was destroyed. Day two, the Sabbath. Everybody under lockdown. Everybody in their isolation bubbles. You can do no work. You can't even go to the supermarket on the Sabbath. Day three, this is the day that we celebrate today. This is the day that Jesus was resurrected and he, and he appeared first to the woman in the graveyard and then he appeared to others. This is the day that the new living and eternal temple was raised up. Woohoo! <laughs> he is risen! He is risen indeed! <laughs> the first temple, it was destroyed by the Babylonians. The second temple was destroyed by the Romans. But on the third day after the crucifixion, around 33 AD, God raised up an eternal temple, a new and perfect way to meet with God. And that temple was Jesus himself. Without his resurrection, we have nothing. We've got nothing. Christmas, Good Friday, it all counts for nothing. You might as well just have Easter eggs because it counts for nothing. But in his resurrection, the resurrection means that Jesus is alive. That means that he's the victor. He's conquered death. Death could not contain him. We sang that this morning as well. Because Jesus is, 
the eternal God. And Jesus is the eternal temple. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. I am the resurrection and the life. When old Simeon saw Jesus as that new baby in, in the temple, God revealed some really amazing things. You know, Simeon saw that Jesus would be a light of revelation, a light of revelation, uh, a light that would reveal God to the nations. So through Jesus, through Jesus, God has been revealed to me. He is the light that reveals God. Through Jesus, every one of us can come to know God. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Simeon also saw that Jesus would be a sign from God uh, that would be opposed, revealing the deepest thoughts of people. People either receive Jesus, believing that he is God, that he is the Lord, or people oppose him. 2,000 years ago, the ones that opposed him conspired to kill him. Simeon uh, was in the temple, and there was, there was another prophet in the temple. That day that, that Jesus came as a, as a baby, as a 40-day baby, Anna, she was, she was 84 years old, and, and it said that uh, she worshipped and prayed and fasted in the temple day and night. And at the very moment that Jesus was, was brought into the temple by his family, she came up and began praising God, she began giving thanks to God and talking to and talking about Jesus to everybody to everybody that was waiting for redemption. Like she is the OG evangelist, the original evangelist. Even as even as a baby, Jesus revealed God to people. Even as a baby. These two elderly folk, Simeon and Anna, they were some of the first people to recognize who Jesus is. Who Jesus is. Uh, who Jesus is, the Son of God. And for both of them, their first response is, is to praise God. Jesus is both the way to God and is God in the flesh. And today we have, we have the choice to receive Jesus or reject him. Receiving him means that we become children of God. We, we are reconciled to God embarking on this epic adventure with Jesus at our side. It's epic because there's no more fear of death. Because in Jesus, we have eternal life. It's a journey of restoration. It's a, it's a journey of transformation, becoming more and more like him. It's a journey of redemption. Uh, this morning, we're going to take communion. I hope you have your bits and, bits and pieces ready. Um, bread and, and wine. Uh, or juice, or we've got bread and bread and water. The bread represents Jesus' body for us. The wine, his blood that he bled for us, and we we eat these we eat these things and we and we drink them, uh, receiving Jesus. Uh, taking communion is is about becoming one with Jesus. So during during the week, I uh, invited the um, the Carney family to lead us in communion, and so without further ado, I'm handing over. To the carnies. Yeah, Ciao, everybody. Hello. Good morning and happy Easter from the Carney family bubble in Paikakariki. I'm Caleb. I'm Rimei. See you soon. 
And we are really pleased to be bringing communion to all of us this morning. So if you have not got your juice and your bread ready, then now's the time to scramble. And I'll just slow down my words so you can scramble, scramble, and... Scramble, You don't want to miss a golden word that Rachel has to share with us this morning. Um, yeah. No, you don't. Um, so I was thinking about communion, and I was thinking about how it's usually something that we do as often, well, when we meet together, when we are together in the same place, when we can share um, the juice or the wine and share the bread together, and... You know, take it together to remember uh, what Jesus did, and that's how you know that's how the disciples did it in the Bible, and how the church did it, and um, how we've done it most often. Um, but at the minute, this is how we do it in our own bubbles and our own homes. But at the same time, it's still something that brings us together. And I was noticing that my family, um, we grew up having communion just together as a family quite often, which now I realise was more odd than not. But um, it was something that we did, and I've noticed that over the past few weeks, we've actually kept up a bit and doing it on video calls, just whoever's around after dinner or something. Um, Mum and Dad just lead us in communion, which is quite cool. And I think it's that togetherness that um, bringing us back to our faith and what Jesus did on the cross and what these things mean to us. Um, and our hope, that's um, a, an anchor for our soul, which is um, important any day at any time, um, but particularly, I think, something that you really feel you want to be um, thinking about and knowing in this time when the future and things are weird, um, and for some really difficult, and for some just weird, and you know, sometimes it's a little bit of all of that in one day, and even a bit fun as well, but um, still... A time when we're really glad to have a hope that anchors us and um, keeps us sane and keeps us steady, and also um, brings us together under God's love. And in Psalm 91, yes, it says He will cover us, um, cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. And I know that this is a chapter that heaps of people um, been hanging on to these few weeks, and just that idea that uh, we're under his protection under his love under his feathers under his wings and i figure that if we're all there um then we're all together because we're in that place of his of, of being covered by his love and also that if we're together today remembering his cross we're in that, in that same place of seeing what he did for us um meeting at the cross which is so, such a big well is the big thing of easter and um remembering the sacrifice he made remembering the um what he gave up and remembering the the life that that came out of his sacrifice uh, for us and and you know like it really i mean it's the center of our, of our faith and our hope and our love is that cross where he um ended the past and the separation and brought us together to him in relationship with him so it's just yeah cool to be together today remembering that with you guys awesome so let's grab our bread and pray we won't eat it straight away so grab a piece of bread guys Mimi you got one Father we let's pray let's pray Father God we just thank you that even as uh, this family gathers around this table and your family mm. watching when you gather around your table that all of us gather around separate tables and separate homes Lord God but and you and our connection with you and with each other Lord God we're all gathered around one table today covered at the covered by your wings Lord God and covered by your cross 
at the table of remembrance, of gratitude and of sacrifice, Lord God. And Father, we uh, take these moments, we take this bread in our hands right now, and we remember your body that was broken for us. As we take it, we thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we also take the cup with juice, Father, and we remember your blood that was spilled, Lord God, for us, so ours wouldn't be, that your life was taken so that ours wouldn't be, Jesus, mm -hmm. that our sin and our pain and our anguish and our sorrow was taken on you, Jesus, so that we wouldn't have to bear it, Lord God, and we drink today, Lord God, remembering with grateful hearts your love, That's greater cool. than any other. Thank you, Jesus. At our tables, at our communion tables, Lord God. Together, separated, but together, a community, Lord God, in different locations, Lord God, but coming around the same table and sharing a meal, a meal of your love, your son's sacrifice, together, we say thank you, together we say we love you, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, happy Easter everybody. Don't eat too many Easter treats. Oh, enjoy your Easter egg What's that? Yummy! Yummy! Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Back to you in the studio. <laughs> Thanks, Kayla. Thanks, Rachel and uh, Seraphine, Jasper and uh, Remy. Man, the, yeah, that was that was one of the best communions. Okay. Um, yeah, just wonderful. The through Jesus, through what He did, and and who He is, all of us can access God and be in relationship with God, become friends with God. Like today is the day of resurrection. Today is the day of new life. Today is the day that we can um, we can reach out to Jesus and we can uh, and we can be in the presence of God to draw near to God. Uh, today, uh, you might be. Uh, in, in your situation, you might um, you might have never uh, met God or never met Jesus, and uh, I'd love to invite you to come and meet with God today. It's not very complicated. You can you can uh, pray and, and talk to Jesus in whatever words you want to use. Um, the simpler, the better, actually. Um, and so, if that's you today, then um, yeah, just in the in the in, in your own home. Um, why don't we why don't we pray together? Tessa's gonna lead lead mm -hmm. a prayer. Um, okay. Wow, Lord Jesus, we turn our hearts to you and um, right now we want to give ourselves to you. My way of sin, um, my way of trying to achieve goodness or whatever in my own strength doesn't work and I want your way. I receive what you did on the cross for me. I receive um, what you did in the tomb for me, um, that you 
died and rose again so that I could have your life and, and I chose that life. I ask for that covering over me right now. Give me that new life that you promised. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Amen. Amen. Mm. You know that if, if you prayed a prayer like that for the first time today, that you are now a child of God, mm. that, that your resurrection has happened and you've entered into a new day, into a new life, and it's just so fantastic. Um, for, for others, you, um, I feel like I want to encourage you as well. Um, that there's nothing that can that separates us um, from, from the Father. And during this season, the Lord might be highlighting things to you, uh, distractions or, or things that have got gotten in the way, um, you know, uh, gotten in the way of actually that that genuine relationship and that loving rela- relationship that that the Lord wants to have. So, um, I encourage you just to spend some time reflecting. What is the Lord highlighting to you? And 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 it's not a guilt trip. Like he, He's reaching out and and he and He wants to draw near to us. Yesterday, I um, just before I wrap up, I, I just felt like the Lord wanted um, me to share something else, and and it was about us being being lights. And this is what I this is what I what I wrote: You are the light of the world, scattered lights like street lights. You're not the only ones in houses, neighbor neighborhoods, all over Aotearoa. The street lights are shining. So we're gonna we're gonna wrap up wrap up the service now. Thank you for joining us. Um, thank you for for being being a part of this, and we'll see you again in in a in a week's time. Um, feel free to just to stay on the on the Facebook live stream and to comment and um, you know connect with others. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll keep else? it rolling. Yeah, we'll just keep yeah. it rolling. Um, we're going to have Anna's song that she wrote, Life Begins, playing in the background. So, you know, this might be an opportunity for you um, to be able to, you know, to have, have some time with, time with Jesus and, and to reflect on what, what he's done for you.